Guillain-Barre syndrome is an autoimmune demyelinating disorder where the body's immune system attacks the nerves, and this leads to progressive paralysis. It is the most common acute post-infectious flaccid paralysis in the world. This episode will include a bonus, and that is a case example. Case studies are very important because it really gives us a real-life perspective. So from now on, I'll try to include case reports in each episode. Then, of course, as usual, I'll cover the pathophysiology, causes, symptoms, diagnosis, and treatment. You are listening to MedMints. I'm your host, Alisa Salim. Guillain-Barre syndrome, or GBS for short, got the name after two neurologists named George Galain and John Barre, who first recognized the syndrome back in 1916. GBS is a demyelinating disorder that affects the peripheral nervous system. Guillain-Barre syndrome can present with mild symptoms with mild weaknesses, but it can also develop devastating paralysis, where the patient is even unable to breathe on their own. But fortunately, most of them recover, even those with the worst symptoms but they may continue having some degree of weakness. Although it is the most common acute post-infectious flaccid paralysis, the Guillain-Barre syndrome is rare. It is estimated to be 1 to 2 cases per 100,000 people. This disease is quite complex because many different conditions can cause it. But I will try to talk about the most common cases in this episode. Let's start with the pathophysiology. First, let's recap our knowledge about neurons. So, we have the cell body, also called soma, with the projections called dendrites. These dendrites receive signals from other neurons. Then we have the cell body, which contains the nucleus and organelles. Then we have an axon that projects out of the cell body of the neuron. The axon sends the signals down to presynaptic cleft where it releases neurotransmitters which are taken by postsynaptic cleft of the next neuron. To send the electrical impulses, the axon needs myelin sheet. The myelin sheet acts not only as an insulating layer, but also allows electrical impulses to transmit quickly and efficiently along the nerve cells. They are mainly made of lipids, which is why the white matter got its white color. Remember, white matter consists of axons, while the gray matter consists of nerve cell bodies. Myelin is produced by oligodendrocytes in the central nervous system and Schwann cells in the peripheral nervous system. One oligodendrocyte or one Schwann cell projects out and make myelin for multiple nerves at the same time. So there are various ideas of how Guillain-Barre syndrome develops. However, there is one theory known as molecular mimicry. And the explanation for this is that there is so-called 
mimic molecules found on some microorganisms that look similar for, for example, the myelin sheet. So when, for example, microbes enter the body, these mimic molecules will trigger the immune system to attack the myelin sheet um, instead of the microbe itself. So in this case, in Guillain-Barre syndrome, the myelin sheet is attacked and destroyed by the immune system. That's why we also categorize this disease as an autoimmune disease. When myelin is destroyed, the communication between the neurons gets impaired. And this is not good because this can lead to different problems like sensory, motor or cognitive problems. The causes of Guillain-Barre syndrome is not known, but it may develop after bacterial or viral infections. Bacterial infections mainly by Campylobacter jejuni, so gastrointestinal infections is most common. It can also be mycoplasma pneumonia and viral infections, for example, by cytomegalovirus or Epstein-Barr virus. These bacteria or viruses tricks the immune system or according to the molecular mimicry, the antigens of certain bacteria or virus look similar to those lipids of the myelin sheet. So, the immune system by mistake attacks the antigens of the myelin sheet instead of the bacteria or the virus. Maybe you have heard the term autoantigen. Well, it is when a normal component of the cell triggers an immune response. In this case, we are talking about the myelin sheet. So, the myelin autoantigen gets picked up by the neurons and so the myelin autoantigens gets attached to the surface of the neuron. And this is not good because then the helper T-cells bind to the autoantigen and then they release cytokines which are signaling molecules. The cytokines activate macrophages and B-cells. And what does macrophages and B-cells do then? Well, then the B-cells make antibodies that mark the autoantigens. Then the macrophages will step in and bind to those antibodies. And then they attack the myelin sheet. And this is all because of the myelin autoantigen that was coding for the myelin sheet. At the beginning of the disease, the Schwann cells will make a new myelin sheet. And this process is called remyelination. But by time, these swan cells cannot keep up, so they end up dying. This, of course, leads to irreversible damage of the myelin sheet. And, of course, the nerve itself. Almost all cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome are sporadic, which means that they occur in people with no history of the condition in their families. But few cases are known where more than one affected family member were seen. 
but the condition did not have a clear pattern of inheritance, so it can be that other factors played a role in determining the risk factor for, like for example, as mentioned earlier, bacterial or viral infection, which is very common before the onset of Guillain-Barré syndrome. So what are the symptoms of Guillain-Barré syndrome? Well, the symptoms depends on which nerves are affected. But a common or characteristic symptoms of GPS includes paresthesia, which is a burning, tingling sensation on the legs or hands. But usually at the beginning of the onset of disease, it will be in the lower limbs. The symptoms of GBS will be symmetrical and generally progressive. So the person may experience ascending weakness and paralysis. So the first symptoms may start in the legs and then within few days of the onset of paresthesia, the person may feel weakness or paralysis in the back and in the hands. So it just starts from down and spreads upwards. The person can also get hyperreflexia, so reduced reflex ability, or areflexia, so no reflex ability at all. When it comes to autonomic dysfunction, the patient can experience blood pressure dysregulation, like orthostatic hypotension, where there will be a sudden drop in blood pressure when the patient goes from a sitting or laying position to a standing position. So the patient can feel dizzy or even faint. Because of possible bladder dysfunction, the patient may also experience urinary tension. There can also be problems with the heart, so for example, cardiac arrhythmias or sinus tachycardias may occur. In some severe cases, the person can experience respiratory impairment. In around 20% of the cases, the patient may need ventilation or tracheostomy. Tracheostomy is when a tube is inserted in the neck below the vocal cords to allow air to enter the lungs. So the tracheostomy can be a temporary or permanent solution for that. Typically, um, neurological symptoms starts between three days and six weeks after the exposure. And the symptoms usually peak around two to three weeks after the onset and usually should resolve within four to six weeks. All these different symptoms that I just mentioned are just general or classical symptoms of GPS. But there are clinical variants, for example, Miller-Fisher syndrome, acute inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy, AIDP for short, or acute motor axonal neuropathy, AMAN or it can be acute motor sensory axonal neuropathy. And these are just some of them. I'm not gonna go into details with each of them, but I will just mention few clinical features about each of them, just so you can get an idea of the differences that can be in these uh, different types. 
So, for example, in Miller-Fisher syndrome, the patient usually does not develop any weakness, which is quite interesting because that's usually what majority of patients with GPS experience. And this explains also the complexity of the Guillain-Barre syndrome. So, it is important to remember that this disorder has many variants. But back to Miller-Fisher syndrome, so the characteristics or the triad of symptoms of this variant you can remember easily because the triad of the symptoms all starts with A. And these are acute ophthalmoplegia, areflexia, and ataxia. Remember, ataxia is when there is dysfunction in the balance and walking. So, another variant is acute inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy, in short, AIDP. This one is the most common variant. In this type, the motor functions are mainly affected, and the progression is usually four weeks, so you would see symmetrical weakness as well as hypo or areflexia. Then the other variant called acute motor axonal neuropathy, AMAN, which is strongly associated with the Campylobacter jejuni bacteria. And this is only associated with motor dysfunctions. The last one I want to mention is the acute motor sensory axonal neuropathy, A-M-S-A-N for short. In this type, mainly the sensory functions are involved. Now let's talk about the diagnosis. So, to diagnose Guillain-Barre syndrome, of course, history taking and clinical examination should be done first. Then we can do a lumbar puncture to obtain cerebrospinal fluid. In GBS, we will see albuminocytologic dissociation, which will show high protein levels with normal levels of white blood cells. We should also check the nerve and muscle function, and we can do that by nerve conduction test and electromyographic studies. The nerve conduction test can help to confirm the diagnosis but same as cerebrospinal fluid, these are non-diagnostic in up to 50% of patients in the first week of the disease. So you might see normal results of the patient with GPS in the first week. So it's important to have that in mind. Now about the treatment. There is currently no cure for Guillain-Barre syndrome. But treatment and therapies can reduce the severity of the illness and shorten the recovery time and as well treat the complications that follow with the disease. It is better to start the treatment as early as possible, so within four weeks of onset of the symptom. But of course, the earlier the better. So. What can we do to reduce the severity? There are two common treatments that can interrupt the nerve damage, which is caused by the immune system. We can do plasmapheresis, which is also called plasma exchange, P 
PE for short. Another treatment can be high-dose immunoglobulin therapy. So these two treatments are both effective if it's administered within the first weeks of the onset of GBS symptoms. So let me explain you what these two treatments are in more details. So starting with plasma exchange, also called plasmapheresis. It is a process where a plastic tube called catheter is inserted into the person's veins, usually in the arms, but can also be other large veins like, for example, internal jugular vein, subclavian vein, or femoral vein. This catheter is connected to a machine, so some blood is removed from the patient through the catheter and into the machine. And what this machine does is to remove blood cells from the plasma part of the blood and replace it with another solution such as saline solution or albumin or plasma of a donor. Why specifically the cells from plasma, you may ask? Well, that's because the plasma contains the bad antibodies that are damaging the nerves. Specifically in this case, the myelin of the nerve. So, when the plasma is removed, then the blood is then returned to the patient. This process can take around 1 to 4 hours and the patient should remain still throughout the procedure so the blood can flow smoothly. The second treatment that can be done on Guillain-Barre patients is high-dose immunoglobulin therapy. This process involves intravenous injections of immunoglobulins from thousands of healthy donors. These extra antibodies that are injected can help the patient because they act like extra soldiers, so they can reduce the immune attack on the nerves. This treatment can also shorten the recovery time. Besides the high-dose immunoglobulin therapy and plasmapheresis, supportive care is also very important. The patient may develop many complications of the paralysis as the body is recovering from the damaged nerves. For example, the patient can develop respiratory failure, so it's important to monitor the patient's breathing and sometimes a mechanical ventilator is necessary to support or control the breathing. Other autonomic function can also be disturbed, as mentioned earlier, so depending on which functions we're talking about, then of course we have to treat that as well. Now to the bonus part. As you know a lot about Guillain-Barre syndrome now, you'll recognize many characteristics of GBS in this case example I'm going to give you. So let's get right into it. So a young man tells you that he had progressive limp weakness the last three days. Besides the weakness, he also had pins and needle sensations in his hands and feet. Two weeks before, he had complained about upper respiratory tract infections. Besides that, there is no history of any reason head or neck injury. On the examination, the guy presented systemically well, his cranial nerves were normal, also there were no cerebellar signs. 
The tone of his limbs were also normal, but in all of his four limbs there were mild weakness and the grip strength was reduced. He had difficulty with going from sitting position to standing position. Besides his complaint about the distal parastasia, the sensory examination was normal. His deep tendon reflexes were absent. So that was the case example. I hope it gave you a picture of how a Guillain-Barre syndrome patient can present. And besides that, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Either you learned many new things or revised your knowledge. If you have any questions, any suggestions for how to improve the podcast or anything that you like and think I should continue with, or just anything else, you can contact me on Twitter, Instagram, or by sending me a direct email on metmensgmail.com. But for now, thank you for listening, take care, and see you next week. Bye!